When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So Middlesbrough have a managerial breakthrough. Our last two tripe suppers have been riddled with speculation about who's coming in this time. We've got hard facts with the news that, that Gary Monk is Middlesbrough's new manager. I'm Dom Shaw and, and here with Phil Tallentire and, and John O'Taylor discussing uh, today's news and obviously looking ahead to the, to the new season and, and then the unveiling next week. First things first, Phil, um, the word coming from the club, I mean, Monk's been favourite for a long time and, and the word is that, that he was always the front runner. He was always Steve Gibson's first choice. Yeah, that's, that's the, way, the way it's increasingly looking from what we heard from within the club um, I think it's interesting actually that um, the type of manager that Steve Gibson's gone for he does he, he does he has had all sorts of different managers over the years hasn't he from the sort of the the, the, the famous player retiring or going into player management like Brian Robson through to an experienced manager like Tony Mowbray or Gordon Strachan um, this is kind of falls somewhere in between doesn't it Gary Monk on the face of it isn't massively experienced but yet he has got some really good experience under his belt. When you think about the job he did at Swansea uh, in difficult circumstances and then the job he's done at Leeds over the past year again in difficult circumstances. There's something about that that's, that Steve Gibson clearly likes. I think it was interesting that, that, that the chairman likes the idea of a, a manager who's current, who's... who's um, who who understands the modern dressing room, who who understands the fact that players aren't the way they were 20 years ago, that the idea that you can just walk into a dressing room and boot one or two up the backside or you know, throw a teacup at them or grab them round the neck and throttle them like you hear stories of the not-too-distant past. I think Steve, Steve uh, Gibson likes the idea of having a, a, a manager who understands the modern player, who, who, who hasn't that long ago been a player in the dressing room. And uh, Although there are, of course, other options, we've you know, heard the people like Pearson mention, Jimmy Floyd, Hasselbank, to name a couple of names. Um, the fact that Monk kind of feels like a coming man, doesn't he? He's like, he's like uh, a manager who, who's, who's served a little bit of a t- two tough apprenticeships and now this position's opened up and I think we'd all agree that even with, even though Borough have been relegated, it's a real plum job for somebody. Do you know, we, we, this is a term that's often used now in, in the whole modern world, about, about it being a, a right fit. But obviously, Phil's talking there about how Monk is, is the ideal fit for Borough and Steve Gibson. Is, is it vice versa as well, that, that Monk, having worked under you know, the chaos of Chilino at Leeds, now wants to build that project, now wants something kind of long st- long-term stability? And, uh, does it work hand-in-hand? Hand, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, well, I completely agree with what Phil said. I mean, Monk does look the perfect fit for Borough, but we've, how many times have we said it on, you know, in, in the office on this podcast that but jobs like Borough don't come up that often with a chairman behind them, with investment behind them, also a, a spine of a team that is you know fine, fantastic fans. It's a Premier League ready club, and they look very well placed to go up again next year. It's a fantastic job, and it was no coincidence really that that Gary Monk left Leeds 
you know, under a bit of a cloud, but it was seemingly his long-term security, really, that he was unsure about there. Um, he, he wasn't you know, given a long-term deal. Well, that's certainly what he'll get at Borough. He'll be given time, he'll be given resources, he'll be given the full backing. And equally, I mean, he, it, must, it, it might come across as chalk and cheese, really, because he's not going to have any kind of boardroom interference at Middlesbrough. He's going to be given the reins, and it's going to be very much his to mould it is it's a fantastic project it's one that you know i'm sure he'll be he didn't take very long to think about and and yeah he is the right fit for borough at a time where i think all of teesside needed a little bit of a lift and i think gary monk certainly provides that you've spoken to, to reporters down at swansea today who work closely to him what, what's the word from that well i mean there's no surprise from um, you know, from those at swansea that he would go on to become a manager and a good manager at that i mean he did a good job at Swansea. Let's not forget, he, you know, he led them to an eighth place finish in his first full season, which is and he broke the Premier their Premier League points record. So many kind of thought that it was unfortunate to be sacked there, but equally, I think as kind of we saw with Gareth Southgate a little bit at Borough, it, when things started to unravel, Monk obviously, I think. It, it was all under the cloud that he, he used to be in that dressing room. He was the captain, so he worked with a lot of the, you know the the people that he was. A lot of the players were his kind of teammates, and I think that kind of distinction does make it difficult. And I'm, I'm certain Gareth Southgate would say that. But I think there was kind of a handshake when Swansea left, you know, part of company with Monk. That there's no. This isn't saying that Gary Monk's a bad manager. This is just saying that he's not quite right for us right now. But they, they said they had no doubt that he would go on to achieve big things. And they, I mean, they said that. They've got nothing but good things to say about him. Man management, I'm sure we'll get on to. That is his, his real forte. He's a joker. He's a bit, he likes having a laugh with everyone. But equally, he's got incredibly high standards. Um, and I mean, the story, um, which we've got going up over the weekend, was where um, at, you know, at Swansea, he set up a, almost a pop-up hotel in the training ground to allow players to have some rest before double set you know during double sessions that shows that he's meticulous he's innovative and he's um he, i think he's a really exciting capture i'll tell you what would be interesting to set a few rooms aside at rockcliffe won't it that, that, that's a canny place to get your head down between sessions i think ball. plush is the term to I think plush is the term. probably too plush yeah uh, you forget he's only 38 it's staggering isn't it i mean i was just looking at his stats again today and um yeah, he could still be playing at that age, couldn't he? He could be, you know. It's. I think there is a feeling that, you know, going back to my point earlier about the, the the new breed of manager, you know, we suddenly realise that a lot of people who we thought of as young managers are now knocking on late fifties, early sixties, and and there and there is slowly, slowly but surely, a new generation of young English coaches coming through, and it's taken a while. Obviously, Gareth Southgate's in charge of the national team. You've got people like Monk doing well in the game, one or two others. I think going back to an important point that John raised, and you, you know, you mentioned about Borough being a plum job. You know, we think back to that quote that Aitor Karanka gave a few weeks into his time at Borough when uh, he had a few bad results, things weren't going well, and he and he, he heard the the footsteps, the ominous footsteps of the chairman behind him coming out of Rock, uh, Riverside one night, and he was thinking. This might be the bullet. Mm. You know, this might be the time I get told. And he, you know, the chairman would just say, "Look, don't worry. I'm behind you. Things might get worse. They might get better. But this is a long-term project. You're mine, man." And he, he said that meant the world to him. And you know, how many, how many chairmen say that to a manager nowadays? You, the going rate now. You know, with Gary Monk, I think he would one win in eleven. That got him the sack. You know, clubs now. You know. You know, fire managers at the drop of a hat, and Borough are one of the very, very few clubs where a manager will get time to to build something. Now, I do believe that the target next season, absolute bare minimum, 
will be top six, has to be top six. I think most people would demand a top two finish. That's, that's a lot to ask of any club. But nonetheless, that will be the target, won't it? The, 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 the target will be, will be automatic promotion with a, a top six finish being the bare minimum. So there is a pressure there to deliver. But nonetheless, if Borough you know, have a bit of a wishy-washy start and drop a few points, I don't think for a second that Steve Gibson will be starting to pick up the phone and look at alternatives. He'll relish a challenge though, won't he, John? I, I remember just looking, reading this afternoon and you know, you touched on it there when he went in at Swansea. He, he, put his, he put his legendary status on the line at a club he'd played for for a decade and, and when he went into Leeds, you know, eyebrows were raised because it was the impossible job, wasn't it? A man who not so long ago had been touted as an ex-England manager is going in at the job where you just can't succeed under Cellino and, and, and he has, he's come out of that, hasn't he? Mm. With, with his reputation enhanced. So, so he'll relish this challenge. Of course you will. I remember his very first watching his very first game as Swansea uh, manager it was a, a South Wales derby against Cardiff and they won 3-0 he could have easily said right I'll take the job on Monday I'm not I won't walk into a derby game that, that potentially could put me could be back a couple of paces so that shows what kind of character it is he's very driven he's very self-confident and, and I think that's what that, that's what will appeal to Steve Gibson as well I mean I thought Karanka was similar you know very driven very um, he believed in himself he had very high standards and that was the best of I Karanka I think the attributes that really did shine out during what was three very successful years um, I think that Monk shares that with Karanka but what Monk also brings is a real kind of understanding and a man management that you know that that can only help a dressing room that I think has been splinted it has been um, a little bit divided after the what happened in the Premier League and I think it does a few of those players do need an arm round the shoulder from someone that's not too dissimilar that's been through the the pain of of, of being a footballer the the difficulties of being a footballer understands them and I think Monk ticks all those boxes all that said, Phil, you know, you, you know, you recovered from Leeds' I think worst start in, in however many years last season, and and, uh, and got their first top half finish since 2011. But obviously, questions were asked of their of their late collapse as such, and the fact they miss out on the top six. That'll hurt him, won't it? And, and he'll want to, I guess, almost prove a point after after the way Leeds finished. Last yeah, year. it looked, didn't it, with a few weeks to go, that Leeds were nailed on for the top six. And uh, but to be honest, it's what I think it's one of those situations. It's a bit like when Mogger was Borough boss. He overachieved in the first half of a couple of seasons and when they fell away after Christmas, when Borough fell away after Christmas, it was perceived that he'd done a bad job. Now, the reality was that Borough were probably somewhere between those two positions of, of a, good, a, a good and a bad team. They were in a middling team and I think, I think he's, he did a great job last season at Leeds. He was, you know, there was talk, wasn't there, of him getting the sack very early on. I think he went to do a match against Cardiff fearing for his job and they got a, they got a good win down there and that sort of snowballed from there. Um, a horrible term, but I think what he'll bring is this strong and stable leadership that's been that's been a buzzword for the last few for the last few weeks. Um, and I, mean, I, I, I haven't seen Leeds over the past twelve months, but what but what's obvious is that he he galvanised that group of players. I mean, Chris Chris Wood went from looking like one of the worst signings I think United had ever made. Into a, a you know a, a prolific striker. Yeah, I mean that's incredible when you think what he looked like in his early games at Leeds. So that kind of thing, you know, you think you've got to you've got to take your hat off and say, well, you've done a good job there. He worked with what he had. Um, you know, you think back to that goal that conceded at Fulham, um, which turned out to be critical. Last minute, Last minute goal at Fulham scored at Craven Cottage to get a point. That that probably turned Leeds' season on its head. I think if they'd won that match, which 
which they were at that particular time. Um, I think they'd have gone on and probably claimed the top six finish, and who knows where things would have panned out. I think he did well with a poor team. I do think Munk will hold his hands up, though. I think that he'll look back at that and he'll think, I completely agree with you that he overachieved, but he'll look at that and he'll, he will hurt and he'll think, I should have got that. I should have got them over the line there by hook or by crook. And I, I think that is refreshing as well because if he does hold his hands up, and I'm sure he'll be asked about it, um, I, I mean, to not do it, to, you have to learn, don't you? You have to understand where it's gone wrong to, to kind of improve yourself as a, a person and a coach. And, you know, God forbid if Borough are in sixth position with you know, seven games to go next season, I'm sure he'll, the same questions will be angled at him, the spotlight will be on. So I think he'll be very quick to hold his hands up as well and say, look, we, we had a good season, we, we built something, but equally I've learnt from a few little things as well. And I think that is a refreshing kind of message. I remember in uh, an interview with his, his assistant at the back end, of the, the, the start of last season, sorry, after that difficult start, and then he spoke, I think it's Pep Clotet, or mm. how you pronounce his surname, uh, and he spoke about how Monk's one of Monk's redeeming features is the fact that he, he, he keeps calm when things are difficult. He keeps calm, sticks to what he believes in, doesn't budge, doesn't doubt himself, and, and that can only be a positive, can't it? Oh, yeah. Looking forward then, um, what, what's kind of in his intro? What's his priorities, I guess, in the next fortnight before the players return? Yeah, I'd imagine if he hasn't already, his first, his first thing will be just a rubber stamp of pre-season. You know, the players are back very, very soon, as you've just mentioned. Um, he'll want to run his, run his hand, the finger over the, 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 the games they've got planned in. The, 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 the trip we understand they're going to be taking to Portugal presumably it won't want to make too many changes to that pre-season friendlies are pre-season friendlies aren't they um, the crucial thing really is what he does with the personnel that he inherits and you know we've discussed this before haven't we about the fact that you know there are players who will probably move on it um, won't have everybody on the first day of pre-season the likes of Dale Fryant for example Harry Chapman will be late back Stuani will be late back the, you know, Ben Gibson will be late back they've all been on international duty there's another topic Ben Gibson does he want to sort of address that straight away and say look uh, over my dead body we sell him we keep him um, does he want to say no look I can't be dealing with this hanging about let's privately say we want to keep him but sorry publicly say you want to keep him up privately do we try and look for the best deal for both club and player because ultimately he's going to go so let's accept the fact and move on there are, there are, so there are some big personnel issues that need dealing with um, I do think it's great I've, I've said this all day long um, since the end of last season I, I've felt that when the players rock up for pre-season training they need to be greeted by be it a coach or manager who they don't know whether they're going to get in the team come the first game of the season. They don't know whether they're going to be in the, you know, they've got to, they've got to prove themselves all over again. And I think they'll enjoy that challenge. I, think, I, I don't think it does any player any good when he's got a little bit of a free pass into the team. Now, I'm not saying that happens, uh, has happened, but, but that, for me, the, 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 the ultimate priority at the moment is to get those players hungry again, working in, getting in tip-top condition, getting the troublemakers out if there are troublemakers, getting the new people in as soon as possible. I know it sounds really simple when you say it like that, but, but fundamentally, it comes down to the team, doesn't it? You can talk all you want about managers, coaches. If your team's not good enough, you're not going to get anywhere. So, so that's the ultimate priority, is to, is to, is to resolve the, the, playing, the playing pool. He's, he's not coming in, sorry, Johnny, he's not coming in blind, is he? You know, he's had a series of meetings with Steve Gibson. He'll, we can assume he's known for a, for a couple of weeks now that he's certainly been in the reckoning, so the planning will have started. Not to say that he'll have made his mind up on anyone, but will he already have ideas in his mind as to 
you know, he's not going to feature next season. I'm going to ship him out when I, you know, mm. does that does that already start, or do, or do you think he waits and, and, and gives everyone a look at in the first week of pre season? Yeah, making decisions. It'll be one of the really intriguing things to to ask him on uh, on Monday when he is being unveiled in this press conference because some managers do. You know, make a, the decision very early, and they'll watch the videos that he's a championship manager. He'll know, he'll know all of Borough's team inside out. So it'd be intriguing to to kind of see who's got his ear, what he thinks of certain players, and whether he has made a decision, or if he does open the doors to Rockcliffe on the you know the end of this month and say, right, w- w- everyone's got a clean slate and we go again. Uh, I would suspect it would be more like it would be somewhere probably in in, in the middle. I would think. I I, I suspect that. Certain people he'll accept that will move on. Other players he will probably know in his head already that he doesn't quite fancy and will and are likely to move. But equally, I think he'll have more than a good idea of who he wants to come in. I mean, the the links have already started, haven't they? Obviously, Kyle Bartley's a name that is already cropped up, and I'm sure you know, he's followed him around everywhere. And now he's I think he's available, isn't he? So I've no doubt that Monk. He has a fairly good idea, and then there's a few kind of in the grey area. It might be interesting to just see whether or not he. Um... You know, he comes in, does his speech, whatever managers do when they greet the new dressing room. You know what the the minimum standards he expects, and then maybe just decides, I'm going to stand back, and the coaches are going to stand back and just see who's got the right attitude, mm. who impresses me. You, you know, he should be going there thinking they've got to impress me. I don't have to impress them. I've just been given a whatever it is three year contract. Um, you, you players need to convince me that you're up for a twelve month battle to get into the to get into the Premier League. And that starts by turning up on time, eating the right food, being in tip-top condition, treating every training session as though it's your last. Um, you know all the all the obvious stuff. And then when the Burr have got a game, whether it's against York City or Carlisle or whoever it happens to be against, those players rock up as though it's the cup final. And I think, and I think there will be players who do that, and there'll be other players who decide this isn't for me. I don't fancy this, and and that that that's that's where he learned his money as well. You know, making a big decision about personnel within the first two or three weeks at the club. Um, you know, and he, you know, he's in all managers have the the type of player they like, don't they? And you know, and and and, he, and it may be that we see some players emerging that we didn't expect. I think one thing he does share with Aito Karanka in that sense is that apparently he has to have his players buy in to, to the, his way of playing. Obviously, he's, he's from the school of Swansea. He's quite a, a, a pragmatist given that he is actually from that environment. You'd imagine someone from Swansea in a, a stalwart in, in South Wales will, will all be about you know, the beautiful game and keeping it on the floor. He is that, and apparently that was, that was a criticism towards the end of his Swansea days, but then he, that's what something he's learned since being at Leeds is that he needs to be more repressed pragmatist find different ways to do things but one thing yeah as I talk around it always demanded you have to buy into the project in the bigger picture that's something apparently that Gary Monk is equally you know equally adamant that the players have to play for him in his way or you know they'll be out the door when you looked at this Dom what sort of team can we expect him to play in terms of you know, is it is is he a is he a four four two man? Is he a four three two? Whatever. You know, from from the evidence you've seen when you've been looking at his background at Leeds and Swansea, does he have a preferred style? Well, like you say, I think last year he built his team very much like I took. He built his team, didn't he, on two very very solid central defenders. Um, Pontus Janssen was a revelation, wasn't he, for Leeds? And and obviously going forward, he built his team around the big front man in Chris Wood, who was a revelation. He got the very best out of him there. I think what's interesting when you look at Leeds is that the players are all always very complimentary about him. But even those who who 
he, he not had fallen out with, but he had run-ins with. I know there was a time when he, when he dropped Pontus Janssen and it raised a few eyebrows. And, and it, it, it was something to do with, he said, about the, the standards that we need to adhere to. It was, wasn't too specific. Mm. Yet Janssen, at the end of the season, was talking about how we wanted him to sign a new deal. And then when he did leave, he was talking about how, how disappointed he was. So he clearly, like you touched on earlier, John, has a way of getting players on side. But then equally... It isn't overly familiar with them, kind of mm. keeps that distance. And I guess that comes from making the step up from, from a player at Swansea to a manager. I was reading about when he was at Swansea and he'd often, as a player, go out for meals and, and, and spend a lot of time with Ashley Williams and Leon Britton and then suddenly he becomes the manager and he needs to knock that thing on his head, knock yeah. that sort of thing on the head. Talking to Chris Riggett last week and he was talking about when Gareth Southgate went up to become boss and, and, he, and he, he said, you know, although he was obviously thought Gareth had gone and become a good manager, he had all the makings there. He said it was very strange and he remembers having a conversation with him where he pulled him one side and said, look, what do I call you? Because yeah. he's been mm-hmm. used to calling him, you know, whatever yeah. he's called him. As, Big as, nose. Yeah, as his, <laughs> as, his, as his dressing room, as his centre-half partner for, for however long. Um, so, so it's those sort, sorts of things as well that I think you take into account. I mean, I think that I, I didn't see many Leeds games on the TV last, last season, but the ones I did watch, I remember... Quite often, they wouldn't wouldn't necessarily be the best team on the pitch, but what they didn't do was give in. I think that I watched them playing Villa away, uh, and they for a while were, were under the cosh, and then found a way to I think win that. I can't remember the one or draw. I think they drew it in the end, but they went one nil up. Um, the Newcastle match is a good example when they when they, they got a pretty much a good old tonking by Newcastle a few weeks ago, but managed to stay in the game and, and got a draw out of that, didn't they? And, um, at the Huddersfield match, the one where um, he shoulder charged, or bumped into, let's say, uh, Wagner, um, H- H- Huddersfield ended up winning that. But I thought, it's a ding-dong battle, this. Whatever you think of the team that he's put out there, they're playing for him. And I think that's a good sign that you know he took on a team that was, I mean, it's a bit of a standing joke, wasn't it, Leeds, before, before last season. And he, he turned them into a team of battlers, and I think I think that's promising that the players have pl- played for him, you know, pretty much to the end of that season. I know they dropped away, but there was evidence there to suggest that they kept plugging away, and that, I think that's promising that, that that in those circumstances he was able to produce a team that could could dig a result out on the road. He certainly showed his fiery side, didn't he? In that, yeah, that incredible bargain, <laughs> uh, Just finally, just finally, Phil, you touched on that on his coaching team earlier. That sort of thing will become clearer in, in the week ahead, won't it? There's the yeah. suggestions that James Beattie is going to come in with him. Pep, uh, I won't try and pronounce his surname again. There's talk that he's going to stay at Leeds, that he's in the running for the Leeds job. But that that and, and, and the rest that comes with it will become clear in the week ahead. Yeah, think. I think there's obviously some issues, isn't there? I mean, Steve Agnew's just been told that he hasn't got the manager's job, so he'll have some thinking to do. I'm sure he, in his heart of hearts, wanted the job. Well, I know he did. Um, but the, probably in the back of his mind, he thought, well, it was 50-50 at best. He's got a big decision to make, doesn't he? He wants to be a manager, ultimately. Does he decide, no, I like the sound of Gary Monk. I mean, you think about it in his... You put Steve Agnew's head on your shoulders um, and you think, well, he's 51, Gary Monk's 38. Does he want to work for a, an up-and-coming manager? Does he want to go back and work with Steve Bruce? Does he want to throw his lot in as a manager and, and take on a club lower down the, 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 the divisions? I think that's a big decision he'll have to make. And I think a lot of... Once that resolves itself, because I can't say Steve Agnew being at Borough and not being the number two, because any other role would be effective. It's a demotion. Yes, of course it is. Yeah. So, so I think I think there's a little bit of sensitivity around that, understandably. So they may have already made their minds up about that, but they mightn't be announcing it. But I think it's important to realise that this is big news for a lot of people within the club as well. They're just hearing about this. They're having to digest it. 
you know, the, I think the phone calls were made on Friday morning to all the significant people, including the people who had applied for the job. So, so we've got to understand that, you know, just as we're coming to terms with the final decision, so are a lot of people within the club, and they'll want time to sleep on things, want to speak to the families and consult them. You know, where does that leave Jonathan Woodgate's position, for example? We know, you know, what will what will uh, Gary Monk want to do about the analysts? Uh, what 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 input will he have, if anything, into the scouting network? You know, he seems to me the kind of bloke who'll want to have a say, not necessarily dominate, but he seems to have a strong opinions about things he's his own man isn't he so I think it's going to be an interesting time moving forward but I think I think the key thing as, as we've done as we've rightly done is concentrate on the man who's coming in excellent thanks fellas we'll have plenty of, uh, of reaction and analysis on the monk appointment over the weekend and, and it is unveiling over at Rockcliffe on Monday cheers